Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 193. This is the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, action, adventure, and sound effects. That was like a weak fireworks display. Um, yeah. It was like it was like this weekend. Did you have a good 4th of July? Uh, Do you yeah. celebrate 4th of July? I guess. I mean, right. I watched TV, and I think I got... I don't think I, I enjoyed an, uh, an adult beverage. I think if you're in the country of America during Fourth of July, you're celebrating it. Like Here's you don't the, need to do anything. The the thing is, uh, people take photos of fireworks and right. video of fireworks that's, that's and true. post them on I've the I've done internet. that. I've done that. I'm and guilty. So I had no need to do anything. I no. was like, oh, I could see all the fireworks in the world. That's true. You can see them nicely. Uh, I was I I watched fireworks from my back porch. A few nights before the fourth, which was a nice surprise, um, because we found out the high school two blocks from us—that's where our town sets off their fireworks, which was great because we literally just heard during dinner like explosions, cool. which would be cause for alarm, but we knew it was happening, so we won't watch fireworks. My problem with that was I saw like the smoke just rising and just enveloping that entire high school, which I'm like, not so bad for us, but I'm like. There are houses on the blocks in between us, which are certainly getting drowned out by smoke. And then two days later, we're going to go to fireworks with our friends and their daughter, who is two. But she seemed like she was getting a little tired. So instead, we just busted out sparklers and did them at home. This is her. They didn't do anything for fourth last year. So we're like, oh, my God, she's going to freak out. Like, no reaction. She had a face on her, like, basically as to say, like, the four of you were able to create fire from your hands this entire <laughs> time and did not tell me, like, what what is going on. Yeah. So. That's great. So that was the fourth. Didn't uh, some sportsman hurt himself with fireworks? Probably. He had three names. John Peter Paul Pierre. John, John Jacob. Jingle Schmidt. Schmidt. I don't know. I don't know. I, I tuned out. I'm not. Even though, like, compared to you, I'm, like, the biggest sports fan in the world, I'm yeah. not much of a sports fan. I watched a lot of UFC knockouts. Ooh, there uh, you go. The other day. Like, like a just comp video? Of them. Nope. Just, like, gifts of people getting kicked in the face and falling down. Oh, that's pretty badass. It was pretty great. That's pretty badass. Yeah, no, I did not hear anything about this, but uh, our best wishes to the man who injured himself with fireworks, unless it was something stupid and he hurt someone. Yeah, so... In which case, uh, shame on you. Hopefully, someone's okay. Yeah. Uh, how, how far in are we right now, Alec? We are two and a half minutes. Okay, two and a half minutes in. We haven't introduced ourselves yet. I'm I just Ryan wanted Pagas, to see. <laughs> AKA Marvel's Agent M. Joined by Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morse. And this is This Week in Marvel. Yeah, so it's, it's relax, about, man. This yeah. is what the people want to hear. Super chill. Yeah, it's San Diego week. Uh, oh, we're God. recording on a Tuesday. Ryan will be gone within hours, uh, as will everybody else. I, myself, and Alec will be staying here and manning the New York offices. But when this hopefully goes up... We think it'll go up. Uh, if this hopefully goes up this week like planned, um, you will be out in San Diego. You'll be doing a live San Diego podcast, which by the time you guys hear this, will probably be too late to get to. But um, we'll have that up at some point. And you should be able to watch all the action at marvel.com slash SDCC 2015. Yeah. Gonna but, be a humdinger. But before we did all that, we decided to sneak in a podcast for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And we don't. We're like uh, Darren Young. Uh, no days off. No man. days off. No days Except off. Except for when we take off. Yeah, I feel like he takes days off. Maybe. I'm, if we if we ever interview Darren Young, let's confront him about that. Yeah. Like how we're legit. as the investigative journalists that we are. Yeah, because there are certainly much more interesting things we could ask Darren Young, but let's ask him that instead. Yes. Let's make a note, Alec. Make a note. 
Don't actually write that down. <laughs> um, listen, guys, we have comics to talk about this week. We have news to talk about this week. Because we were unsure of what our schedule would be, we did not do this week of Marvel Reading Club, so you guys still have another week on that with the Ant-Man stuff, which will be perfect, because we'll do it the same week Ant-Man's coming out. Um, but we do have some of your comments. Yeah, there's like five. What yeah, happened, there's guys? only a few. Well, we th- they, well they didn't know. Oh, you, also, you suspect Alec of screwing up big time. Alec has not been on the ball. Right. Also, if the sound quality is lower. Also Alec's fault. Alec has been messing with the recorder, and he hmm. thinks that uh, he, he's, he's lowered down in terms of what recording levels we're using, even though we have prior experience with this recorder, which is the older one, right, that has yeah. always recorded us lower. Yeah. So, you tweet. Alec, what is your Twitter? It is at Alec Belmore. Yep. How do you spell that? A L E C B E L M O R E. So okay. there you go. Complain yeah. to him. Yeah. Complain like nobody's business. To give to give Alex some credit, I will say, have you seen the tip sheet he's working on for San Diego? No. It's very nicely done. Good. So hopefully he can redeem himself. Speaking of San Diego, uh, which I think are. Harry Harry Go, our managing editor, right? He um, very close to a heart attack and everything. Yeah. For for different things, completely scheduled me yes. to be on the live show. Every time I was somewhere else. Yeah, that I, I heard from Lorraine Sink, our host of The Watcher, who had a similar conundrum. It happened to me nine times. Yeah, so this live show is going to be a work in progress, yeah. and uh, it'll it'll be fun. Also, I booked someone, and then by the time I went to the schedule, that spot was already gone. Because Fast Blake and Furious, was man. like, psh, 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 Blake, looking up yeah. awesome guests. Blake, Blake is Blake is like Quicksilver yeah. when it comes to that, huh? Totally. Huh? Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of good stuff coming this week from San Diego. As you guys know, we'll have news, we'll have interviews, we'll have everything you love. A special episode of the podcast. Special episode live of the podcast. From Comic-Con. With Tom DeLong is his name? I believe so. Yes. Of Angels and Airwaves. Yes. And uh, I hope Jesse Falcon. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, we've Long I think, time. I think I've been confirmed that he's coming. So that'll be like a cool bonus episode because we'll post that at some point. Yeah. But it will, well, I don't know, it'll be like a .25 a .75. We already had a special edition this week, which has already messed up our chronology completely. Totally. Because oh, I didn't right. even bother putting a number on that. The it's like anad? special edition. Yeah. The anad. Well, All right. We should talk some comics, Let's right? talk comics, guys. <laughs> hey, that's a different podcast. Yes. What? Let's talk comics. That's, Jim's, that's James Discardi's podcast. Does he still do that? I don't know. I don't think he does. He's a dad now. Yeah. He's, he's got more important things to worry about. Right. Anyway, first up, we have 1872, number one, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Nick Farella, colors by Lee Lowridge. Did you see that I am, I'm in that book? I did. Yeah? Yeah. It's B. Morris. definitely not me. Why not? Well, I would assume it would be my better known relative, uh, Barbara Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird. Could be me. We'll see. We'll find out. I was going along with you. Jerry was messing with me about it, so we'll see. Yeah. Anyways, that's in a cool little map at the beginning where yeah. they, they show a, the properties. There's a book, one of the books, I think it's one of Jerry's books, he uses the term secrets, hmm. and he almost spells oh, it correctly. Oh, the way you spell it? Uh, but he put a C instead of a K, that's, and so... That's nowhere near correctly. Nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. When you say that's almost correctly, that's a crucial letter difference. Yeah, that's like missing the hyphen in Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. You failed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Valley of Doom. We get this awesome map that is drawn by Manny Medeiros, which is just really cool, showing yeah. off uh, like the, the landscape that we're going to be exploring throughout this book, the Timely area. Um, is Timely the domain or the city? Timely is the city. I think the Valley of Doom is the is domain. Is the actual domain? Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, 
so we get this and you know we just it is boom a western 1872 Steve Rogers is the sheriff. You've got drunk ass Tony Stark. Mm. You've got Wilson Fisk as the mayor. Uh, you've got like I love it because it's it's what you know. It's just twists on all kinds of great characters. You know, so many. Uh, you got Banner as like an old timey elixir salesman, as he would normally right? be. Yeah, snake uh, oil salesman. <laughs> Uh, did we get Fancy Dan in here? I can't remember. We got oh, a lot of like. That'd be really crazy cool. if we don't at some point. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually. This is interesting. I was. I, I kind of like it when they don't flat out identify them, but like mm. I was trying to figure out the the analogs for the Kingpin's men. Like I knew who Turk was because they named Turk. Right, right. But the others, they don't actually name them. So like one of them, I was like, oh, I guess that's Bullseye. But then at the end of the book, the guy who's definitely Bullseye yeah, shows the guy up. With the bullseye so, on his head. Yeah, so I was like, oh, well, I guess card. that wasn't Bullseye. So yeah. I, I'm curious who a lot of these characters are. It's yeah. cool. That's, of course, Red Wolf. Yes. Who is going to be a big deal, not just in Secret Wars. Yeah, so yeah. And we, he's cool. We open on Red Wolf, and it's, it's you know, like it all centers around Fisk being a total turd. Yep. Uh, and causing chaos throughout Timely. Yeah, and I like Steve Rogers, you know, it kind of like. Jerry really leans into the Western tropes here. So Steve Rogers is, you know, like the one good guy, like the one the one good guy left that you see in every Western who just will not truck this behavior. Yeah. He will not truck it. He will not truck it. Uh, I love the little vision of the future mm. business that's poked in there. Uh, there's lots of little things. I think it's one of those books you're, want, you're going to want to check out a couple times just to, uh, to catch all the little bits and pieces that Jerry and company put in here. Huge props to uh, Nick Varela. This is her first uh, work for us. Well, uh, she did. Uh, is it? Return of Living Deadpool. Oh yeah, so right. That, that was right. that was her first work, but this is her first. This is like, like yeah. big deal project. So yeah, so good. Stepping up huge. Friggin' really, really good. Like the the level of emotion and um, scope mm-hmm. done in a really cool way. Love it. And then that last page, yeah. We talked about Bullseye, but there's some other stuff on that last page. Bullseye that, ain't it. It's terrific. Okay, uh, let's take a trip back to 1994, shall we? Or let's. thereabouts um, for Age of Apocalypse number one. This is a shot right in the nostalgia canon, just like X-Men 92 was. Written by Fabian Nicieza, one of the original architects of Age of Apocalypse. Which I thought that was cool. A lot of these... Uh, it's the same with like Peter David for Future Imperfect. It's neat to get the original writers back for this. Gerardo Sandoval from Guardians 3000 did the art. David Curiel did the colors. What's neat about this is um, it's it's not the Age of Apocalypse we know because that Age of Apocalypse has, as we know, since been you know done up three ways till Sunday. But it is. It's kind of like the basic template of what if you read Age of Apocalypse, you know, which is a world where Charles Xavier died. Apocalypse took over. Magneto leads the X-Men. They're the last hope. But it's tweaked enough so it really... Fabian did a good job fitting it into Battleworld, having Doom be a player. What we've got is Holocaust, classic Age of Apocalypse character, going after Doug Ramsey, Cypher in the Savage Land. And for some reason, Cypher is the key on both sides, either for Apocalypse extending his rule or for possibly the humans or the X-Men being able to take it back. You've got... Just a murderous row of Age of Apocalypse X-Men, led by Storm, but also with Exodus, which was always, like, my favorite, like, why is why is he on the X-Men, whatever. Was he in the original Age of Apocalypse? All of these. I don't remember. All of these characters. The, that was the cool thing about Age of Apocalypse. There were so many people on the X-Men, as there was in the 90s, that 
Like, Dazzler and Exodus barely did anything. They showed up probably for a panel apiece. But here they are, Iceman, Colossus in his awesome bandana, like, babushka thing. Um, they fight Holocaust in the Savage Land. Sandoval, killing it on art. Just doing a great chameleon's job of, like, okay, I'm going to draw this, like, like Joe Mad or one of the guys who was drawing it in the 90s. Really brutal battle. The nice thing about this, if you've never read Age of Apocalypse, is you get to see how the X-Men would be in a harder-edged world where they have to kind of take no prisoners to survive. Um, not going to say how that battle ends. It's kind of crazy. This was, I think we got a version of Dr. Nemesis, who was obviously not I, in the original Age of Apocalypse. I was thinking that's who that was. Yeah, but this was like the other side, because Age of Apocalypse was always like, you know, big action going on on one hand, but then it was also about all like, when it came to the bad guys, the horsemen, it was all the back dealing and like the manipulation, like all these characters who we knew as good guys like Beast and Cyclops and Havoc and also Sinister who's, you know, a jerk. Um, but all of them jockeying for position and trying to curry Apocalypse's favor and the minute they find out something's happened to Holocaust, they're like trying to get there. I love um, Havoc and Cyclops' relationship where Cyclops is still kind of good because they were raised by Sinister. Havoc is a total jerk. They get their hands on Cypher and go to where all the humans live and that's the added wrinkle here is that the humans are a bit more of an element here than they were in Age of Apocalypse. In Age of Apocalypse, the humans are just basically like the downtrodden. Here, it seems like they're actually trying to make a go of it. Uh, Carol Danvers is there. Peter Corbeau is there. Who's Peter Corbeau? Peter Corbeau was a scientist who was in Hulk and X-Men back in the 70s. If you've read, like, the early Claremont stuff... Um, do you know when like, they, go up into, they, they go up into space for the first time and they fight the Sentinels? Um, Peter Corbeau is like the scientist who Charles Xavier like who advises him. He's a very minor character. Um, we get a new character, and so we have, so we, have we have a bunch of different forces. We have Sabretooth, who is back to being a jerk here, and we have the X Men who remain. We have Cycl- uh, Cyclops and his posse. They're all going after Cipher, and they're all building towards something. Meanwhile, Apocalypse is looming over everything. As a nostalgia bit. I love this, and I also was cool with, like, Fabian did enough new stuff that if I was reading this for the first time, it's like, okay, cool, here's another new take on the X-Men. Totally. Uh, All right, on to Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number two, written by Dan Slott, art by Adam Kubert, John Dell, and colors by Justin Ponsor, and um, what can you say about the art on this? It's gorgeous. say it's great. It is beautiful. Uh, I love the way... Kubert uh, draws Regent, who is mm. like the the Baron of this domain, right. with the big bad as well, and just it, you don't see him a ton, but it's so effective. You know the the little bits and pieces that we get of him. Mm-hmm. Just I don't even think he's doing much. He's usually sitting. If I think he's only sitting. I don't throughout think he stands. Issue. I think he's just on his throne every time we see him. And he but looks he's, he's scary, scary as hell every yep. time, which is awesome. Uh, so. The first issue, we saw all the most of the heroes of this region, of this domain, go up against Regent and get their butts kicked to death. Mm-hmm. They got their butts all kicked the way. to death. Well, we don't know that, actually. No? No. Mm. It's, it's a little inconclusive. Well. We didn't see the bodies, is all I'm saying. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, so what's left are heroes in hiding, yep. such as Spider-Man, who's just renounced 
you know, his life as Spider-Man. Yeah. He's gone. But I like that family. he's become kind of like an urban legend because they yeah. were like, okay, he wasn't on the scene when all the heroes got defeated, so he's got to be out there somewhere, right? Right. Where is he? Yeah. Uh, we've got another urban legend, D-Man. Mm. I love that D-Man is like making the last stand for the yeah. heroes here. Yeah. Well, I love that everyone else is kind of like, oh, we don't want to make a move on Regent, and D-Man's just like, you guys, <laughs> I'm going to go out and do this. Yeah. Uh, we've got them. We get to see how some of the villains are being used by Regent. And I thought that was interesting because if I was Regent, I'd be like, I'm going to take your powers. I'm going to take your powers. I'm yeah. going to eat you. I'm going to, you know, gobble you up and put you in my arms or whatever. Yeah, he I does. mean, but the thing about Regent is he's, he's almost like a kingpin manipulator guy where he's like, number one, he's like, I'm super comfortable sitting down. Yeah. Obviously. I love to sit. So I don't want to get up. So like boomerang, go kill this guy for me. Yeah. And then I don't have to stand. And it's beautiful. And if you fail me, I will eat you. This is true. Metaphorically. Uh, we do get to see cool new designs for a bunch of characters in here. Villains, uh, specifically uh, Shocker, mm-hmm. which we know mm-hmm. Stromy's Stromy is just salivating. A delightful time enjoying the Shocker here. Rhino's redesign was pretty cool as well. Yes. It's subtle, but it's neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but lots of cool redesigns. We get to see a bunch of other heroes in little bits and pieces here. And I anticipate we'll see a lot more yeah. as we go forward because uh, the gauntlet has been oh, thrown down yeah. by the end of the issue yeah. uh, between Spider-Man, between yeah. Regents forces, and uh, big steps will be taken. And of course, like the big thing about Renew Your Vows was the chance to see not only a married Peter Parker and Mary Jane, but also you know they've got a daughter. They're taking care of her. And for me, that was like the big thing in this issue is what I missed about the spider marriage you know, for all, for all the pluses and minuses was I loved that they had not just a marriage where it's like she's a damsel in distress. Like Mary Jane is like his equal partner as much as she can be. We really get to see that in this issue. Like she is, they're working as a cohesive unit. Like as much as they can be a team. It's like this this little family is a super team. And of course, we're, we're not talking about the fact that his daughter has spider powers. Um, and she has to conceal them because they don't want Regent to catch her and take her. But I, I really enjoyed that. I liked seeing the dynamic of... Mary Jane is a fully capable character, definitely like helping Peter and not just like sitting back and being like, Peter, you need to save the day. So it was very cool. Yeah. I missed that. Um, and it's neat to see it. And Dan Slott's writing the hell out of it. Speaking of things being written the hell out of and uh, shout backs to great old stories, Civil War number one. This is one of the ones I've really been waiting for. Oh. Uh, written by Charles Soule. Art by Lineal Yu, inks by Jerry Ellen Guilin, and colors by Sonny Go. So this is an interesting one for me because Civil War, relatively recent, as we talked about, further away than we thought. Yeah. Um, but, man, it was, it, it was kind of a story where I was like, how can they do more Civil War? Um, and the answer is here. So Civil War, of course, it stems out of Captain America and Iron Man having a conflict over civil liberties, essentially, that uh, the government wants all the superheroes to register. Iron Man is in favor. Captain America is not. Where this takes a left, where the normal uh, thing took a right, is that the final battle, which in our world saw Captain America basically realizing, like, I can't fight this. This is causing more harm than good, and he surrenders. Instead, something goes wrong, and it's, and it's we're not quite sure why it goes wrong. There's a little, there's a little hinkiness with Black Panther and Maria yeah. Hill. Uh, uh, yeah. I have my theories on it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, so regardless of what causes it, basically there's a huge tragedy. A bunch of superheroes and even more civilians die. And as a result, there's no ceasefire. So this conflict between Cap and Iron Man not only continues, it escalates to the point where they basically split the United States in half 
Captain America is ruling the blue, which is one side, and Tony Stark is ruling the, uh, ruling the iron, which is another side. Uh, different heroes have taken sides. Of course, that's all what Civil War was about. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? That was the big tagline. So you've got Captain Marvel is sided, or I guess she was probably still Miss Marvel at this point. Carol Danvers is sided with Iron Man. She-Hulk is with Iron Man. Stature is with Captain America. Spider-Man I, is with Captain America. I can't wait to see... Stature cosplay. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like from her this one, looking here with that crazy mohawk, awesome hair, and the cool costume. Yeah. So the other thing here is we we and and what I loved most about this issue, you know, this first issue, Charles is great because he does a flashback to a story we've already half read that then swerves. Half of the issue issue is flashback, but it doesn't feel like info dump. It feels like a cool adventure, and the art helps a lot with that because it's very dynamic. But then Miriam Sharp who in the original Civil War is the mother of one of the victims uh, that incites Civil War. She's trying to negotiate a ceasefire. So she's trying to get Tony and Steve to sit down. You'll get caught in the ceasefire. Very nice. Right. And for me, the real cool thing here is just like the world building. The This is unlike any Marvel Universe we've others ever seen. And also just like kind of paralleling to what we saw just before Secret Wars, like how bad it can get between Tony and Cap. I also like that it's only a few years later and most people look the same, but Tony Stark is a full-on silver fox. I am throwing my finger at you. I'm yeah. pointing. I'm saying yes. I love it. That Very important to point. To me, it's like the stress has gotten to Tony mm-hmm. to like an extreme point where... He looks great. He, yeah, he looks good, but like he just went... Probably like the... Yeah. And just all his hair just went boop. Yeah. Like, like just yeah, went yeah, white w- in an instant. One day, Cap looks the same. Cap looks the same. Spider-Man looks the same. Uh, She-Hulk looks the same. Yeah. Stature looks maybe a couple years older. Tony Stark, full on... I mean, he still looks in good shape and everything, but his hair is just shock white, and it's yeah. great. So they sit down, they talk. It seems like things are going to get better, and then something terrible happens, and now we're at war more than ever before. Uh, what I like about this series, I like the scene familiar characters in different ways, the hallmark of a great what-if story. I like the world building. Um, I love the art. And I love the way Charles Soule, this is one of the things he's masterful at, takes something as simple as, you know, not a fight, even though the whole first half of the issue is a fight, but two guys sitting down and having a heated conversation about, like, you know, some pretty political, socioeconomic stuff that is not typical comic book fodder, and making it interesting and intense, and you just, like, you have your own thoughts, probably, you want to jump in, you, you side with Cap, you side with Tony... It's a great job all around, and um, I didn't know what we were going to get out of this book. I'm very happy with what we got so far, and I have no idea what the second issue is going to get because, honestly, like that first issue, I'm, I, I don't know where this goes from here. So, a lot of fun. Alec, whose side are you on? Is this a serious Yeah, question? I'm asking. If you why, had to choose, you, man? are you on Cap's side or Iron Man's side? It says a lot about a person. Captain America. Okay. Yeah. So, it's the easy answer. Yeah. It's the very easy answer. Yeah. Iron Man has to make the hard choices. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. When you want to protect people by clamping down a little bit, but still, yeah, yeah there's a lot lot to go on. Yeah, a lot. Um, also, a lot to go on in Ghost Racers number two, <laughs> written by Felipe Smith. What a segue. Art by Juan Gideon. Been doing this for a little while now. So this is cool. Um, Ghost Racers number one just kind of dropped us into the Coliseum, where Arcade has all the Ghost Riders we know from Robbie Reyes to Johnny Blaze to Danny Ketch to Alejandra. They're all 
just doing these races and then getting tortured horribly. And the question is, how did Robbie end up there? And the answer is in this issue. And we go back to Robbie's life. What was neat was we got to see the Ghost Rider series, which got done with all new Ghost Rider, totally flipped on its head, where the guys who were kind of the villains of that were Robbie's friends in this. And Robbie's brother is still, you know, Gabe. He's still the character we like, but he's different. And it was like, this was like uh, all new Ghost Rider number 1A. Like, okay, what if things were different? What if they were living in Battle World? There is a Doom element. So we see how Robbie ended up in the Ghost Races. We see a little bit more of how the Ghost Races work. It's pretty horrible. Juan uh, Gideon really draws some grisly stuff. We also get a nice, like, design bit with him at the end with Danny Ketch. And we see how dire the circumstances are for Robbie. And also, Arcade wants Robbie gone. He does not feel like he can control him. We learn more about how Robbie is different from the other Ghost Racers. We can see Zadkill. One of our favorite weirdo uh, mid-2000s characters. Was that a Jason Aaron creation? I think it was from his brief time on Ghost Rider. Or it may have been Daniel Way. It might have been Daniel I Way. I think it was Daniel Way. But it, right in, it's in and then he got And then he got used by Jason Aaron. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, so now after two issues of everything set in the Coliseum, we're going to move our action beyond. But man, just seeing cool stuff like you know motorcycles with chainsaws in the front like that was kind of the 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 in on this book and now getting to actually see the mechanics of how everything works and how things got the way they were that's just icing on the cake yeah all right um also this may have inspired of this is definitely inspired a future uh twim urc choice for me oh yeah ghost riders so good oh yeah i said sitting up to the part uh inferno Number three is our next book, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Javier Garon, colors by Chris Sotomayor. Uh, just absolutely stunningly gorgeous issue. Yeah, Garon gets better by the e- second. I feel like I keep repeating myself every time we have a book that well, it's cause every month, every month he gets better. It's ridiculous. And who's the colors on that book? Uh, Chris Sotomayor. Because those are really yeah, good as well. It's really, really good. Top to bottom. Just gorgeous. And Dennis, super great. There's so many things going on here, and he carries it really really well you've got um the you know colossus's search for his sister for magic they've finally gotten to a point and then everything gets flipped around turned upside down on colossus uh you've got madeline Pryor, the goblin queen just manipulating and being you know super jerkish kind yep. of pervish it's baby terrific. cable baby cable uh, Babel. <laughs> bearded havoc which you know just no shirt it's terrible yeah not a good week for havoc between age of apocalypse <laughs> and here uh, then we get the the yeah the great double splash of every X Man ever. It's so good. Uh, but really, what I love is the design for this Nightcrawler monster. Yeah, which is like a xenomorph crossed with a lion, crossed with a nightmare. Yeah, it's terrific. Important to note about that double splash page. I sent, I tweeted out to you a panel from another thing we're going to discuss later this week. Not long after, I tweeted out to Rob Williams, who has done some work for us in the past. Oh, is it? It's, that's uh, his favorite X-Men of all time yeah. is on this page. You got to find him, man. It's like, oh, where's man. Waldo? He's oh. definitely there. And I love it that when I said, all right, let's just say it's Maggot. So Rob Williams, who wrote like uh, Age of Iron and stuff for us. I said to him like, dude, look, you finally got what you want. And he actually writes back to me. He goes, he goes that could be anyone throwing those maggots. <laughs> I see him. I see him. And I said, no, that is clearly. And then he sent me back the... Uh, the cover that Maggot first appear on where it goes like, is he the X-Men's greatest ally or their greatest enemy or whatever? And just Rob just goes, is he their greatest enemy in all caps? And I was like, he could be. So 
The Ventures in Twitter conversation. Oh, man. Good times. Uh, but, yeah, so Maggot totally here. Uh, Doing it. Alive and well, maybe until he gets killed. I, Who knows? I think they all die there, so no. Yeah, they probably all die. Yeah, uh, just good. really messed up, crazy stuff. And so the X-Men were really protecting uh, the shield as barrier. They had a whole group doing some, some business there. And then they let their guard down to try to save the day. Oh yeah, I feel so bad for Cyclops because he's like, he's like, no, 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 yeah, no, he's no, like, no, what no, are you no, doing? No. Well, it's and they're all like, it? we're here to help. What is it? What is it? Like Doctor Voodoo and and Forge or whoever run in. And he's like, what are you doing? The magic and science teams. And they're like, what? <laughs> this is the best team. It's Doctor Voodoo, yeah, Forge, Brew, uh, Sister Grim, Doctor Nemesis. Wiccan. Not just Wiccan. Wiccan with a beard. Wiccan with a beard. I feel beard. like that's important to note. And I think Vision. And yeah. it's... It is like, Vision with, like, all the weird yeah, wires coming out of it. But it's, like, you know, totally But I like, it's just nonchalant there. It's like, yeah, hey, we're here. And he's like, he's like, uh, what are you doing here? Who needs to watch this? They're like, oh, this will only take a second. Like, yeah. just the hubris of them. And we left Doctor Strange and Beast up yeah. there. Uh, it's They'll be, be fine. fine. Like, they're yeah. so uh, idiots. Dum-dums. Yeah, morons. Uh, total dum-dums. Chaos, craziness, you know, the end of everything possibly coming up for our characters. Who is this dude? There's a dude over here. I, he think, I don't think he's anyone we he know. I think looks, he's just a little demon-y guy. He looks like uh, Billy Crystal in uh, The Princess Bride. Kind oh, of. yeah. I can yeah. see that. So I'm calling him Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride. Yeah. Love him in this book. Super yeah. cool. Uh, and then the big last page well, reveal. That's, I love. that's the funny thing. I'm not going to say who last page reveal is because, of course, yeah. we don't do that. But that's, Hey, guys. No spoilers. no spoilers. But that's the one thing about Seer Wars is that, like, you'll get a big dramatic last page reveal of a character and you'll be like, well, I did already see him twice this week. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did already show up in two other books, but I guess this is a different version of him, so it's still a cool last page reveal. But it's that's definitely the thing. That was the first time it really caught up with me that I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like five Captain Americas we read about I this love week. That, though. Yeah. Like, it, to me, that's like, no, it's not a bad thing. It was just exploding from joy. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just kind of like, it was like, oh, that's like the way the last page of Inferno worked, it was structured as if, like, oh, this is a character you haven't seen up until this point or in a while. But I had already seen him twice this week at this point, so I was just, it kind of gave me a chuckle. It still works in the story. But uh, it, it gave me a chuckle. I'm not going to... A guffaw. A guffaw. Uh, not to do with Secret Wars at all. At all. Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble Season 2, Number 9, based on the animated series. Uh, Joe Caramagna adapts the episode The New Guy, written by Charlotte Fullerton and Kevin Rubio, directed by Tim Eldred. And it's perfect timing because this is Ant-Man Scott Lang joining the Avengers team. Okay, we were gone from Secret Wars for way too long. Back to Secret Wars. Master of Kung Fu number three. I am totally in the tank for this book. This is not a secret. I uh, say it every time. Written by Hayden Blackman. Art by Dalibor Telejik. Inks by Goran Suzuka. What a freaking great art team. Um, we're down to the tournament now. The other two issues of this were establishing, okay, this is who Shang-Chi is. Okay, this is the domain they live in. These are all the great characters. These, like, ninja Morlocks and Iron Fists and everything else. So here we get our typical... With Every book has started with, like, a little history of this realm. And in this case, it's the history between the Iron Fist, the school of the Iron Fist, and Zheng Zhu, Shang-Chi's father what he did to the original Iron Fist, uh, what Shang-Chi did to the original Iron Fist, why Danny Rand wants revenge. And then the tournament kicks off. Zheng Zhu is like, okay, everyone, come 
fight so you can challenge me to try to be the emperor and we just get this like splash page of oh my god it's all these cool marvel characters as ninjas uh so you get like black panther you get white tiger you get namor you get spider woman and they all have their own martial arts so like namor for instance who fights shang chi in this issue rather than being an Atlantean, he's just like, I have used the martial arts of ancient Atlantis to learn how to hold my breath under the water, and now I can turn the tides against you. It's all so amazing. So everyone's assembled. They're going to fight uh, to fight Zhang Zhu, and then Shang-Chi just comes out of nowhere, and he's just like, hey, I got a new school. It's these losers, the Morlocks. They're all, you know, Me deformed. and these grossies are <laughs> yeah, there. They're all deformed and terrible, and, and his dad's like, well, you can fight, but if you do and you lose, I'm going to kill all of them. And he's just like, cool, now I have something to fight for. I love Shang-Chi in this book. Uh, I love, he's now gone from the first couple of years, he was like this drunken idiot, and now he's just kind of like, just got sober, just shaved. Mm, all right, let's go fight. Let's do some kung fu. Let's do it all. And then this weird, like, demon face emerges from the ground they have to go inside it and it is of course changing on the inside and now he's gonna have to fight all these it's it's like any old kung fu flick where he has to fight his way to the big boss but i mean i've watched a lot of kung fu movies Mm -hmm. this is so like it without treading on you know those stories Mm -hmm. it feels right it feels like absolutely classic shaw brothers yeah. story or like just you know obviously expanded a bit and with you know like the crazy powers and our characters but like it feels right yeah I mean like I definitely get what you're saying like I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan so I've seen all of his movies this was very similar to it's like okay you gotta fight like the sub-level masters you can get up to the big boss but yeah it, it was cool just the way like so there's a big splash page because he has a full fight against Namor and then you get two splash pages beautifully done by Dalibor Talajik of him fighting his way through every other so you get like little glimpses of it's cool because the first page is basically what each of them can do them and it takes on different powers so you see like how Karnak because they're not they're not superpowers they all have to be explained either through martial arts or like mysticism or something like that I, I think the best example is Psylocke being like she has a instead of her, her her psychic blade, she has a spirit blade, which digs up the pain of every injury, every loss, every heartbreak you've ever experienced. So instead of just like stabbing your brain, like the way you describe it, like that, it's amazing. That sounds far worse than any punch. <sighs> I know, and it's crazy. Uh, you get a version of Sabretooth. It's a female Sabretooth. You get Moon Knight, Black Panther, all these characters, and. It's almost like a tease because we only get a little bit of each of them. I could easily have read an issue. Like, this could have been a 12-issue series where this whole issue is just him fighting Namor. And all of next issue is just him fighting Spider-Woman. Yeah. But we get just enough. And the big showdown is going to be between Shang-Chi and Iron Fist, who is an intriguing character here because Iron Fist is not wrong. He's basically he's basically the good guy, but Shang Chi's also the good guy. So it's gonna be very interesting to see them fight next issue. I love this book. I want this book just on and on and on. Agreed. I've got all sorts of time for it. Yeah. All right. On to Max Ride First Flight Number Four, written by Marguerite Bennett, art by Alex Sanchez, Mark Pennington, and Esther Sanz. Uh, this one is full of revelations. Uh, I think the last. Last issue and this issue really gave us a lot of uh, background and depth on uh, all the characters here and sort of like revealing some of their origins. We get to 
hints at some more of the origins here in on this issue. Also, some of the, the scary bits that they have to deal with. And uh, my phone be ringing. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Um, we have... Uh, Did you, wait, what? No. Alex, Alec is making, is, Alec is making face it. Yeah. Alec was ready to spring into action. Yes. Like we'll, we'll give him that. Uh, we've got um, an interesting implication and conversation, or a dream mm. that happens right near the end. So uh, we'll see where this goes. I think we have one or two more issues to go in this. Yeah, series. at least one. Yeah. I, I feel like this is five issues. We shall see. But I'm sure we'll read the end of five and be like, "Oh my god, what a weird ending!" Oh wait, there's another issue. Yes. So that's what we do. Uh, up next, we've got Mrs. Deadpool and the Helen Commandos, number <laughs> two, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Salva Espen and Val Staples. Um, first up, I just love the uh, Deadpool. The Deadpool the stuff. Spirit Ghost yeah, Deadpool. it's amazing. Who's, like, he's the, what was that old show where it was the, the guy who was sitting in the chair and he was, like, telling the story? I'm just thinking of, like, Rocky Horror. Well, it's not Cause, that. Because that was kind of a takeoff on that. Anyway. Vincent uh, Price? No. Is he Vincent Price? Maybe? No. A anyway, little? you've got Deadpool, Spirit Deadpool here, breaking the fourth wall, talking to you. It's going to be too, because Deadpool's not really anywhere else in Secret Wars, aside from Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, which is like a separate thing. So yeah. it's kind of cool. This is this is what he's doing. Yeah. He's reading comics. Uh, yep. It's great because he starts out reading a non-Deadpool comic. Yeah. I, something that's not tied to this at all. He, give, really he gives Mark Wade's Daredevil a favorable review. Yes. Uh, but really, this follows Shikla and the Helen Commandos crew going on a mission. Um, first up, they have to cross uh, the River Styx, mm-hmm. and uh, the ferryman is like, "No, no, no, no! You got to be dead for me to for you to cross." Jerks. And then you know, there's zombies that show up. Uh, there's all Frankenstein kinds of- hates the zombies. He hates zombies. Um, but then the ferryman's like, "Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. You could come anyway." Yeah, it seems like a like a very abrupt reversal. Yeah, uh, really funny stuff. Gross, violent deaths happening, uh, and then we get to see that there's more to the Howling Commandos, more to this mission than was originally uh, revealed. Which you know, if you're reading this, you kind of get a. a th- a hint at some of that stuff but now it's everybody's laying everything out on the table we get to see what's going on great cameo by another spirit character who shows up in here which uh oh yeah was great it was, that was like awesome three panels but funny stuff. so worth it um and then the last page we get to introduce to two thors that what we've is not even seen happening before and i love them love it. it was amazing i love them i love this book uh i had i had took jerry out to lunch uh, last week, when just, I was in just LA. because, just because you like this book, yeah. Like Jerry, I don't feel that I owe you anything, but you're doing a good job with Mrs. Deadpool. Yeah, so you may have lunch. Let's eat tacos together and, nice. and talk. Is Jerry listening to the podcast though? Sometimes. Good for him. We love you, Jerry. Runaways number two, written by Noel Stevenson, art by Sanford Green, colors by John Rauch. Last issue, we saw our misfit band of characters, including Jubilee, Cloak. Scar, Amadeus Cho, this new character, Santa, and uh, various others trying to... They're at, like, Doomstat Academy. Um, I forget what is it called. Uh, what is the institute called? Um, the Victor Von Doom Institute for Gifted Youths, run by Valeria Richards, who, by the way, is super evil. Um, <laughs> and, like... Because that's kind of the whole thing. Is, is They were all trying to 
pass an exam so they could do this final test, which gets them to the next grade. So basically the idea of this school is if you don't pass this final exam, you don't get to go to the next grade. And everyone thought, well, I guess, yeah, you just get kind of expelled and then it sucks. But they learned the truth behind that here. So you've got this team of losers, um, whereas there's all these other like stacked teams of students and they're all supposed to fight it out. They're supposed to fight through these simulations. There's more going on than the simulations. Um, Noelle does a cool job, like, interacting these characters, making them, like, you know, almost like a weird Breakfast Club-esque group. But it's really kind of horrible what's going on. It, it, it gave me a little bit of a vibe of uh, the stuff Dennis Hopeless did with Avengers Arena, but definitely its own thing. Sanford Gar- Green's art really makes it stand out. Um, and the reinvention of these characters are really cool. I love Scar. I love the visuals of Scar. I love how he acts. I really like Jubilee. Um just all, all sorts of stuff. So the book's called Runaways, and by the end of the book, we by the end of this issue, we finally get the uh, the, the title makes sense because they have to run away from the Institute. Uh, it's going to be more than just them hanging out at school, and I am genuinely uh, feel the peril here. So good job on that. Yeah. Uh, we've got Secret Wars 2099, number three, uh, written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney and Antonio Fabella. And uh, this, I would like it if this was subtitled Avengers Defenders War 2099. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that's, that's, what, that's he's doing. what it boils down to. Uh, we've got the Avengers, which are Hawkeye, Iron Man, Hercules, Captain America, and Black Widow versus the Defenders, which Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Silver Surfer, and one more character. Two more characters. Two more characters. Wait, did you already say Valkyrie? Two more more characters, uh, Namor and Valkyrie, Mm -hmm. who show up uh, a couple pages into the book, and it's terrific. You get Hercules, who's like just driven by libido, uh, which is a big plot point for him throughout this one. Huge. Um, Just his interaction, Hercules' interactions with Namor are terrific. Uh, it's really, really fun stuff. There's drinking. There's fighting. Uh, there's torture going on here. Uh, there's, That's fun. Yeah. There's, like, scary vampire-ishness going mm-hmm. on here. Uh, and there's uh, really – I just like the cool twist on these characters for the 2099, mixing what we know uh, and from the classic to the current and all kinds of fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, this dude, super scary. I'm pointing oh, without yeah. spoiling. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, super, super scary. We're looking at? Oh, yeah. This dude. Very terrifying. Yes. Very terrifying. All right, Spider Island number one. This one I was kind of pumped for. Uh, written by Christos Gage in the lead story. Art by Paco Diaz. Colors by Frank Diarmada. Spider Island was, like, one of those kind of under-the-radar events the last few years. I think it's underrated. I think it's a very good story. It was this cool bit that... Dan Slott did where the spider queen came and put a plague on Manhattan and everyone turned into spider creatures under her control. Uh, Spider-Man was able to stop it. It was a really fun story. When it was announced as a Secret Wars tie, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. That's not necessarily what you'd immediately jump to because it's not, you know, a Civil War Infinity Gauntlet level event. But there's definitely some stuff to do here. So in this, Spider-Man was not able to stop the spider queen. Not only that, he is missing, presumed dead. So Venom... Flash Thompson, who is still in kind of his infancy as Venom, has had to step up here. Not only are all the citizens of Manhattan these mindless spider creatures, all the superheroes are these gross redesigned spider creatures. So you got Venom, Vision, Werewolf by Night, and Spider-Woman, who is somehow immune to it, leading this resistance against characters like Six-Armed Hulk. That's uh, a nightmare. That's like 
horrifying. That's yeah. A lot of credit to Paco Diaz on the art here because these are just gross. Like this Captain Marvel who has the six eyes and all the spikes, and then uh, Captain America who's got like the 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 mandrel mandibles, whatever, opening out of his mouth. It's just gross. So. There's only a few people left who have not been turned into spiders. These are their heroes. They're trying to come up with a plan to face these overwhelming odds. Uh, they're using Werewolf by Night as kind of a sleeper agent because when he's a werewolf, he's on their side. When he's a human, he goes back to being a spider creature. They've got an assault plan. They think they can find a cure. Um, but Venom also has a second backup plan, which is the greatest plan ever. And I'm not going to say it here because it's the best and it doubles our cast by the end of the book, um, which is a good thing because that first cure plan does not go so well. So they're going to need them. <laughs> then we got a backup story of uh, it's, it's, it's an MC2 Spider-Girl story, although she's now Spider-Woman. And it's really kind of an epilogue to Spider-Verse done by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends with Sal Buscema, the original Spider-Girl team. And it's not so much tied into Secret Wars. It's really just a... Uh, Mayday Parker story with her picking up the pieces post-Spider-Verse. His father's dead. She's got a new Uncle Ben. She's having some problems with the other MC2 characters. It's a nice chance to get to see uh, some of the MC2 characters you haven't in a while. So even though it's not Secret Wars, it kind of fits in the mold of, you know, getting to look back at these other universes that have been part of Marvel over the years. Yeah. Uh, More Spider-Action. We've got Spider-Verse number three, written by Mike Costa, art by Andre Arojo, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, Starts out with Sinister Six versus six spider characters, which I love. Love, love, love. You've got Sandman and Electro and Kraven and uh, Scorpion. Scorpion? Scorpion. Yeah, that's Scorpion. Uh, Doc Ock and Vulture versus uh, Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman. I think she's still Spider-Girl. She was still Spider-Girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was Anya She was Kodosan. the one who was Aranya who then became Spider-Girl. Right. So Spider-Girl was like her level up. Right. Whereas Mayday Parker went from Spider-Girl to Spider-Woman. Yes. His scorecard. We've got Spider-Woman, who is we know as Spider-Gwen. Gwen Stacy, We've yep. got Spider-UK, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man India, and Spider-Man Noir. Although, in the book, I think they're all just Spider-Man. Yeah, they are all just, hey, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man, what's going uh, on? But really fun throwdown, and I, I love it, because the good guys, uh, they're not a team. They're no. not organized. They go up against a crew of dudes who have been fighting together for a while. At least a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and you get that through Spider UK's narration where he yes. basically breaks down tactics and he's like, this is what we're doing wrong. That was kind of cool, actually. Yeah. He's a great character. He is a great character. And I also, that was where I got, I know Mike Costa's written a lot of uh, G.I. Joe stuff. And to me, this actually felt like the battle felt a little G.I. Joe-esque in, a, in the best possible way. Yeah. So they go to, um, to Oscorp and everything gets flipped up on its head here. Mm. Uh, first issue, I think was it the first first issue right at the end we saw Spider-Ham strapped to like a hospital type bed yeah. in Oscorp. Things did not Spider-Man look good. Spider-Man was like what is going on? This issue we find out he's totally okay Oh there. he loves it. He loves it. He's Makes eating happy, barbecue guys. pork and that is was, freaking uh, uh, yeah, Spider-Woman Sp- out. Spider-Grunge is like you're a monster. And he's like what? It's not the same as on my planet or yeah. where, where I'm from. He's like I'm clearly like yeah. evolved beyond these pigs. I shouldn't feel bad about this. Yeah, Don't you judge me. That's great. Uh, but we get to see, you know, like they're they're talking about the the Great Web and all kinds of different connections here. And it looks like Norman Osborn is on the up and up. Could be on the up and up, guys. We'll see. 
because uh, he is Norman Osborn and right. he's totally good at manipulation. Hair looks a little better in this issue though yes. than it normally would. Uh, but we'll see where that goes. And I really like how it ends with Spider Gwen sort of going off on her own, doing some stuff, and then meeting right. up with a character, and it's just like papow. Although again, and well, this is again to say it, it's that the character showed up on the last page, another big last page reveal, and it's again, it's another character we've already seen four times this week, but it worked here. Just as it worked in Inferno, yeah. it worked here because in this particular story, their presence is a huge deal, just as the guy in Inferno's presence was a yes. huge deal. But it's still, I, I I, am actually like saying what you were saying, where I love the fact that we're seeing like eight different Hulks every week. It's great. This is part of the joy of Secret Wars. Squadron Sinister number two, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Carlos Pacheco, inks by Mariano Taibo, and then colors by Frank Martin. Uh, this is... This book is completely different than Avengers Forever, but I can't help but think about Avengers Forever when I'm reading it because Carlos Pacheco's art will always conjure that up for me. But what I dig is that Mark Guggenheim, much like Kurt Busiek before him, seems to be such a fan. He's such a fan of Marvel lore that in this single issue, we not only have the Squadron Sinister, we also have characters from the new universe, which is what I sent you a uh, pick of because one of your dreams came true. But we have the Frightful Four, who are in charge or try, they're, they're trying to take over a neighboring domain because that's the Squadron Sinister's whole thing is that they annex other domains. They're trying to like slowly build their power base. A problem they're having because uh, someone either within their group or outside their group has made it seem like they killed a Thor. They know Doom's coming for them. They're all plotting against each other, which is great classic Squadron Sinister stuff. But where Guggenheim reminded me here of the Avengers Driver stuff is that he just pulls out these obscure characters. He's got the Frightful Four, Sandman, Pacepot Pete, Titania, and Wizard trying to annex a world that's like this this like perpetual World War II world where you not only have Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos, but also Captain Savage and his Leatherneck Raiders, who were like the budget version of Sergeant Fury. And then Combat Kelly and the Deadly Dozen, who I've never even heard of. So I'm assuming they're like the budget budget version of Sergeant Fury's Iron Commandos. But I got such a kick out of that. The fact that like you and I just can't it's it's called Europix. So I think it's just where they're forever fighting this war to try to defeat the Nazis. It's a super bummer too. Like yeah. constantly fighting that battle. Yeah, but it's it's cool and you get the squadron swooping swooping in and do they wanna help? Uh are the, the the good guy soldiers against the Frightful Four? Do they have something else up their plan? I like that at no moment is any member of the Squadron Sinister not plotting against every other member of the Squadron Sinister. Uh, speaking of Sinister, we get an appearance by Sinister in this book, which I feel is appropriate because his name is in the title, even though he's not a member of the team. But... Yeah, man, I just I'm, I'm a fan of what Guggenheim's doing, and I love when Carlos Pacheco gets a chance to just draw a ton of Marvel characters, especially the more obscure ones. So this was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. We've got star Wars Lando number one, another Charles soul joint, wow. uh, joined Busy by guy. Alex Maleev and Paul mounts. Um, so this is awesome. Lando action. This is set, um, before I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's before um, A New Hope, but definitely before uh, Empire Strikes yeah. Back because he doesn't really have the the Cloud City business going on. And Lobot's there. Look at you. I was, clued in, I was clued in by Delando that that's apparently a huge deal. 
Yeah, Lobot is yeah. the bomb. He's the guy. Right? Uh, when I talked to Charles about this while ago, a while ago, I was like, "Please make this Lobot Year One." Yeah, and he was kind of like, "Kind of is, kind of is." Because uh, in the movies, I don't know that there's that Lobot actually says anything mm-hmm. in the films. Uh, but he's this cool dude with this like the bald dude who yeah. hangs out with Lando, who's got this stuff around his head, which Here, you hear all about in yeah. this in this book. But like, I was just like, okay, cool. He has some stuff on his head. Yep. Here, I no. know all about what it's what that deal. means, what that's about, why deal. he's got it, his relationship, his friendship with Lando. So much laid out. I love the the fact that Charles gets to because Charles is a huge Star Wars fan. So right. him being able to put his stamp on uh, the lore, on the canon, so cool. Um, you know, this is a lot about Lando being the charmer, being the uh, the wheeler and the dealer and the, uh, the a little bit of the smuggler, a little bit of, you know, he's like all over the place uh, getting to do some business to finally get himself out of debt. Because like, like Han, uh, he's just, you know, doesn't always make the best decisions mm-hmm. and finds himself... Uh, a little bit uh, behind the eight ball. Mm. So here he's trying to Playing make cool. himself right to help him Alex. and Lobot out of the situations that they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find this cool team of uh, twin martial yeah, artists. What, like what are those things? Cat people things? Like panthers? I don't know. Some sort. I love them. Yep. Uh, they're we've bros. Got, yeah. We've got some uh, underworld boss type people in here. Some, you know, in that black market uh, smuggler type of realm that we love in the Star Wars universe and uh, getting to see those interactions and they get uh, Lobot and Lando get set upon a job. They have to steal a ship that doesn't have anybody on it. It's not unprotected but it's not really yeah. going to be that What that could tough. be the big deal? If they do a little bit of stealthy action oh they'll be fine. So boop 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 they yep. do what they got to do. Gee I wonder who this ship belongs to you're probably thinking. Yeah. It's not we'll good. Find out by the end of the issue not and good, it guys. is Tariff. Wow. You know, it's funny. There weren't as many books as maybe some other weeks this week, but I think we really dug into them, and I'm proud of us and uh, proud of everyone who worked on all 16 of these books because they're all worth talking about. We did it, guys. Um, I feel it would be very obvious for me to go with Master of Kung Fu because I'm so into that book, but I'm going to swerve it and say Civil War, number one, was my pick, my, my swim of the week. Real good. Now I'm going with Star Wars Lando. Oh, I, it's not. It was. It was good too. It's there was a lot of good stuff. A double soul week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so much soul. Solamente. Ugh. Oh sol mio. Alec, right? What are you looking forward to reading? Am I right? Uh, I'm looking forward to Spider Island. Actually. Yeah, that's not a Charles Soul written book, so, so uh, that's sorry. not. Sorry, that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, collections on sale this week: Amazing Spider-Man Volume Three, Spider Verse. Iron Fist Epic Collection Volume 1, The Fury of Iron Fist. King Size Kirby, which is a slipcase hardcover. Um, it's been a cool best of Jack Kirby selection. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy's Most Wanted Digest, Volume 1. New Avengers Volume 4, Perfect World. Storm Volume 2, Bring the Thunder. Thor Volume 2, Who Holds the Hammer in Hardcover. Uh, on the app this week, I don't know. I was looking for my usual update from Jim Nacetis and could not find it. But I'm virtually sure there's some great stuff that came on the Marvel Comics app. I, I would imagine so as yeah, well. Yeah, it's just... It's, Do you it's, want it's, me to look at it's it It's a great up? app. You can look it up if you want. I can uh, read what's freshly digitized while Ryan does that on Marvel Unlimited. We've got all-new Captain America number three, 
all new X Factor number 19, all new X Men number 35. This is all new stuff's not going away, by the way, guys. That's 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 sticking around. Um, Amazing Spider Man number 12, Angela Asgard's Assassin number two, the first issue of Ant Man from the current run, great run. Avengers number 40, Avengers No More Bullying number one, Death of Wolverine the Weapon X program number five, Hawkeye versus Deadpool number four, Hulk number 10, Iron Fist the Living Weapon number eight. Legendary Star-Lord number 7, Marvel's The Avengers number 2, Operation Sin number 1, The Punisher number 14, Rocket Raccoon number 7, Spider-Man 2099 number 7, and Storm number 7. So um, there's tons of books mm. in here. We've got Avengers Annual number 15. This is on the Marvel Comics app. Yep. Avengers Annual number 15, Avengers West Coast Annual number 1, Deadpool. Is that the crossover between the two where they're fighting Quicksilver? I believe it is. I think so. That's what yeah. it looks like. I can't. Does it have it. a guy on the front cover being like, "You'll never back. guess who I am"? Yeah, yeah. With his back to, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, uh, spoilers! It's Quicksilver. Sorry, violate rare violation of our no spoilers rule. Yeah, you failed this from a, for like nineteen eighty three comic. Yeah, we've got um, Deadpool and Cable number twenty six. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we've got Heroes for Hire from the 2006 run, issues four and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Iron Fist series, issues one through, gosh, uh, through 15. One through forever. One through 15, which includes the first appearance of, oh, it doesn't, I thought the first appearance of Sabretooth was in here. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it's in number there. 14. Yeah. Uh, first appearance of Sabretooth in there. Then you've got some Marvel premiere issues featuring Iron Fist. Uh, 15 through into the 20s. Uh, more Iron Fist. Lots of Iron Fist action up yeah. in here. Hmm. It's an Iron Fisty kind of kind of week. Yeah, and then Punisher War Journal number four of from course. 2006. Is Iron Fist in that? Uh, you know what? He might be. This, yeah. With the Heroes <laughs> for Hire, there could be Iron Fist action in there. This is like Iron. It might just be Iron Fist week. You never know. Why not? Was he in those Avengers annuals? He was not. Oh. He was not. So well, that destroys that theory. Yeah. Blows it right out of the water. All right, we got some news. Um, of course, all new, diff- all new, all different Marvel continues to roll out. We've announced our first, like, 45 books this week. And if you want to hear more about 45 of those books, uh, myself and Alec wrangled 15 of our finest editors, or, like, 14 and Nick. Um, just kidding, Nick. We love you. To talk about... Uh, all sorts of books that are coming out. Seriously, this this was a lot of fun. We did like an hour and a half of just hurting editors in and out of this room and getting like five minutes on each book. So that, if you've looked at the previous catalog and you saw the art, you saw the taglines, you want to get a little more, that's a nice place to start. I've also got interviews this week with Al Ewing talking about Ultimates, with Tom Taylor and David Lopez talking about All New Wolverine, with Jason Aaron Russell Dowderman talking about Mighty Thor, with uh, folks talking about Miss Marvel, all sorts of other books. Um, I'm saying a lot of these before we've put them on the site, so it could back, come back to bite me if we don't post them, but we'll be talking about everything eventually, so it's all going to get out there. Uh, Jim Starlin's coming back to Thanos once again for a third original graphic novel in his latest epic. This one's going to be called The Infinity Finale um, because it's the last one. Um, we, we, he, for now... Um, and that was cool. I got an interview with him. Tim O'Shea talked to Dan Slott about the Silver Surfer book that he is working on currently and will continue working on into the all-new, different, all-new, all-different Marvel era. And over in games, uh, Avengers Alliance. Man, a lot of stuff is converging there. I know you can now get Spider-Man Noir over in PvP. 
Uh, the Spider-Verse spec off just ended, and no sooner does that end than an Ant-Man spec off is going to kick off. Hopefully later this week, you can get Scott Lang as a playable character, Yellow Jacket is a new villain, and lots of other Ant-themed fun. Fantastic, guys. Uh, so much crazy stuff going on over the next couple weeks with San Diego this week. Um, I'm trying to think if there's news that's, that will come out. I think so. So stay tuned. Watch Marvel Live uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, you could be watching it right now for all we know. You oh can listen to this, watching that. As long as this goes up. Yeah. If this lost. goes up, which yeah. we hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Are we even going to go to the West Coast? Oh, gosh. Well, they're all there. Yeah, let's just keep talking. Let's, let's say that they, they'll go there and if they don't if they yeah. don't record well then right back to us yeah right back to us with questions and comments so okay we've got questions and comments from you guys uh like we said not too many this week but send us your twim urc stuff for next week and keep going um from twim fan agent twim you were wondering what i was reading last this week in marvel because of my screenshots i was reading avengers absolute vision by the way 420 pages for i think three to five dollars great deal and finally, that question answered. So I know Hawkeye used to be deaf, but was he deaf as a kid, or were they referring to when he was deaf in the early 80s? He was not deaf as a kid. He became deaf in the 80s uh, because of events of his limited series. Basically, he got, I think he, he got dinged by one of his own sonic arrows. Then in the 90s, late 90s, when they came back from Heroes Reborn, when Franklin Richards kind of corrected some stuff so made things the way he remembered he cured hawkeye's deafness but then he has recently become deaf again which is bad luck for him deaf twice in uh one lifetime it's poor, a bummer but poor know, hawkeye he's he, doing he does pretty well he's doing fine ben rimley uh looking at old episode 79 where i said i do not wear underoos hashtag out of context quotes hashtag commando i am not going commando right now so there you go there's some information for you um i rarely do kate bengert so I know you'll probably say wait and see, but how does Secret Wars affect Marvel canon? Uh, wait and see. And another one from Cade. Am I blind or is Alias not on Marvel Unlimited? I just got the app membership and meaning to read it. Alias is not on Marvel Unlimited because Alias is a Max book. It is mature readers only. Uh, you can read um, The Pulse, which was the book Jessica Jones went to post-Alias, also written by Bendis. Or if you want to track down Alias, we just re-released it um, in a print collection, but it is not available on Marvel Unlimited because it is a Max book. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Raph AB says, uh, what Comic-Con panels have you announced? We've announced, We've announced all of them. them. Yeah. There's, uh, They're up on the site. Like 12 or 14 or some such. There's enough. There's a Let's put it that idea. way. There's more than enough. So many. Yeah. Uh, RP67 says, uh, found this at a flea market. It's my birth issue. Favorite series, plus year, plus month you were born. Uh, what's yours? His is New Defenders. Well, just Defenders. Number 143 when they were using the New Defenders tag. Um, so it looks like series plus Moon year, Dragon, maybe? Year plus month you were born. So that's, I understand that. So right. it's 143. Does that mean he was born in 2014? Year, maybe he means the what came out when he was born oh i guess yeah uh i have no idea oh what came all right out so like born. what came out the month we were born yeah in our favorite book i don't know we I have to look this up i guess yeah i never even thought about that yeah um well alec look up what comics came out january 1981 and january 1982 so that, that's yeah. your task for, ne- for next week. time yeah. yeah there you go write it down um 
And then uh, RP67 says, what's your guys' favorite Marvel bromance? Mine is Beast and Wonder Man. I like Cannonball and Sunspot a lot. I also like Cable and Deadpool. And I also like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. You, you nailed all I know, the, I the just top named, ones. I named all of them. Yeah. Good job. That's... Cap and Iron Man. Wah, wah. Wah. Not so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, did you guys last week talk about um, there was this one from Ross Meyer. What was you it? Guys talked about that. Okay. Uh, Wolfman's been good at plugging the, the podcast. Um, uh, he's doing real good. Alright, I got two more comments. You keep looking for stuff. Yeah. Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey. Thank you, Ben J. Morse. That's me. For letting me know about an alternate Peter Parker appearance in Spider Secret Wars Battle World. Hashtag all the Spideys. And then Emperor Garcia says... Download the latest This Week in Marshall featuring Refuse, Seer Wars, and much more, which I think is just a retweet of what I wrote. But yeah. still, thank you for the plug. Uh, did we get this one from Pat Garrett in? the uh, Will I be able to follow X-Men, or will there still be tie-ins and references to uh, the Marvel older Marvel Universe? Is this X-Men like post-Seer Wars? I guess so. X-Men is still part of the Marvel Universe. I know that was a thing that was out there for a little while. It was not true, so... Yes, there will still be references to Marvel Universe and X-Men because they're still part of the Marvel Universe. There you go. All the answers you need. Yeah, another one from RP67. This just came in one hour ago. So there's so no way Alec could have gotten it. That's okay, it. that's okay. He says, so was it by chance that Marvel looked exactly like Lawson to take over his identity? It was a nice, uh, it was a nice bit of coincidence, yes. Um, Lawson was the civilian who died so captain marvel basically stepped in and was like oh no i'm i'm the guy you've been working with all these years and yes they looked exactly alike which Mm. is great Mm. worked out well Mm. (sighs) yes uh all right so next week we've got twim urc yeah ant-man ant-man lots of ant-man i gotta read it yeah you gotta read it too you got plane plane rides I got plenty of plane rides. Yes. Me and Alec are going to be here kicking back and destroying this place. Drinking some Steve Weisers. Yep. Clipping some YouTube videos. Yeah. All the things that rebels do. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Guys, enjoy San Diego. Please, if you're listening to this, if this exists, uh, watch Marvel Live at marvel.com slash SDCC 2015 or go to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter using the hashtag MarvelSDCC. Perfect. That's it, right? That's it. This is Marvel, your universe.